Hey everybody, we're back. It's the SIFT Podcast, Save It for the Football Podcast. The mayor and I talked a little off-season stuff, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and then we talked about the schedule um, and what games we were uh, looking forward to each week uh, in this upcoming season. And we even mentioned Mrs. Doubtfire, so that's there too. Hope you enjoy. I am doing very well, Professor. Uh, As I reached out to you earlier a couple days ago, I said we, I think our sifters are um, currently in detox and they need another episode of the SIFT podcast where we're dropping down all your knowledge of football that you'll ever need to listen to. Uh, I got a, I got a couple things to talk about today, and then I'm of course got a SIF surprise or two always up my sleeve. Uh, but I'm doing pretty good, and life has been good. How about you? Pretty good. Um, my my uh, you know regular job, my other job <laughs> that's ended for um, the uh, the the year. So um, now I'm kind of uh, now I'm kind of uh, the nanny uh, around the house. And speaking of that. I have a random fact for you. This is going to be super random. Um, within $100 million, can you guess how much the movie Mrs. Doubtfire made in 1993? Just in 1993? Yeah, 1993. And in terms of hundreds of millions or it's less than 100 million? No, it, it, it's a multiple hundreds of millions. I would probably have to say about two hundred and fifty million. You know, if you add that hundred million in, you're still almost a hundred million off. It was four hundred and forty-one million dollars. Wow! Just in nineteen ninety-three. So I translated that to uh, twenty twenty numbers, and that adds up to eight hundred and fifty fifteen million dollars for twenty twenty-one dollars. So that's a about what Avengers Endgame did in 2019. I think that the the domestic gross for Endgame in 2019 was uh, 850 million. So just uh, just that's how much more people were going to the movies in 1993, because uh, that wasn't even the top movie for 1993. Uh, there is a much more famous movie that came out that year involving dinosaurs. That would that would be Jurassic Park, and that movie made almost twice as much. It made uh, almost nine hundred million dollars um, just in nineteen ninety three alone. So uh, that's how much. I, I just think that's uh, amazing how much uh, different it is that uh, people were going to the movies more. They had less to do. You know, there were fewer options for us then. So, all right, that that's enough of my uh, random fact. So, by the way. There comes your first if surprise of the te- right. of the show. So th- this this hit me just a minute ago, and I had a little note written down on my notepad that every time I read an article from another site or something, uh, 
I'll, I'll jot notes down. I want to talk about it. So here's a trivia question for you. Since 2011, who has the most game-winning drives as a quarterback? So I'm, so I'm guessing – so sometimes you do a swerve on me, and sometimes you don't. So, like, there would be the typical people you would think. Um, so you would think Rodgers or Brady or Breeze or somebody like that. Is this a swerve, or should I be guessing one of those guys? I think you need to consider any quarterback that has played since 2011 and been in the position where they the game is on the line and they have to help their team win. All right, so it's a quarterback that uh, had a kind of crappy team, I'm going to guess, a little bit of uh, maybe they gave up a lot of points. That was uh, a heck of a hint. Um, so is this this player is currently playing in the NFL? I'm not going to give you that hint. Has this player played on multiple teams during that time? I'm not going to give that hint. <laughs> and I, I, what is actually no? I'm going to guess this one kind of out of left field, um, but it makes me think of a lot. This happened a lot last year, and I know that they, they, they had this a lot uh, in his previous team. Is it Ryan Tannehill? No, that's a good guess, though. But he has not been in the league since 2011. That's, that's true. Uh, that's true. Um, I still thought it was okay. So my my other guess was uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford. Oh wow! With with 36 game winning drives since 2011. See, now I didn't think the Lions won enough for him to be uh, qualified I, for that. I saw that, and I was amazed by it when I saw it. I was like, we need to make sure our sifters understand how many times Matt Stafford has brought back the Broken Lions. And now he's going to bring back uh, the much less broken Rams. So we'll see how that all works out. That's going to be – some of those Rams games made my list for a little later on. Um, All right, so let's get to Julio Jones. Uh, speaking of Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, uh, Julio Jones is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. They lost Corey Davis to free agency, and they have AJ Brown <coughs> on the other side and Julio Jones. So, what do you think about this move? Is this going? Does this uh, significantly change your projections for this team, or do you think it's just a kind of minor upgrade? So, you know, when you heard Julio Jones was going to be in the market in. And they were saying they wanted a first-round draft pick for Julio Jones. I, I laughed. I said, there, there's no one that's going to give them a first-round draft pick. And, of course, it's all smoke and mirrors, and they ended up getting a second and a fourth and giving up a sixth. So it's like they got a second-round pick for Julio Jones, and the fourth and the sixth just kind of make everybody feel better. Um, you knew he was going to go to a team that was prop, you know, has a good chance of being a contender this way. If, you know, injuries don't take a toll and you project from last season. So I, I don't think Tennessee has gotten any better, but I already kind of see them in a position of where, you know, they're, they're probably going to be, have to beaten out of the AFC championship game to not be there. And whoever plays them in the playoffs is going to have to beat Tennessee on on that day. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, you know you have to assume health with these things. Now he has had some injuries, um, 
And obviously last year, a lot of injuries, uh, missed a lot of time to injury. Uh, and, but if he's healthy, and he, let's say he even gives you like 15 games, not the full 17, but, um, you know, he, he might be out for a game or two here or there. I still think, you know, with well, obviously what they want to do with Derrick Henry, that's mostly what they want to do. But now bringing in, I, I think Julio Jones is an upgrade over Corey Davis, which is basically who he's replacing. Um, and if he's healthy, I think it's a big upgrade. And, and like you said, I, I, you, you, you think highly of this team and they're going to go to the AFC championship game. Um, you know, I, I think this, is, this increases their chances of getting to that game. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, we do have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He skipped mandatory mini camps. He could be fined uh, tens of tens of thousands of dollars. Um, you, you think there's still a chance you leave Green Bay before the season? I, I do. Um, you know, either Green Bay is wanting too much for what they, you know, what Aaron Rodgers has to offer, or the team just. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you hear the rumors he's going to go to Denver. So why hasn't Denver done it yet? They were waiting for the June 1st stipulation where it kind of lessens the contract hit on the Packers and it gets shared to the Broncos who, you know, get both ends of the deal because they're getting Aaron Rodgers. So maybe they, they don't want to give up that compensation, but I just don't see – I don't see him with the Packers this year. I see somebody – making a move and and it being a done deal. Yeah, I don't think they need Aaron Rodgers. They have Jordan Love and they have UCF's own Blake Bortles. So Yeah, they're um well they're gonna definitely take a step backwards without Aaron and they're gonna see pretty quickly that, you know, you're gonna need a star quarterback or a lot of studs to make up for that non star quarterback. So, you know it's that's the bed they're making right now, so they're going to have to lay in it. So this the the rumor is that he's very upset with the general manager. Now I don't know exactly all the reasons that go into that, but um, do you think if Green Bay had somehow grabbed Julio Jones in free agency, do you think Aaron Rodgers would change his tune, or do you think he's just uh, too far gone? I don't think they. I think they know that it's you know the the marriage is over. And it's just a, it's a matter of when. So they're not going to do anything that isn't going to fit into their long-term plans, like getting Julio Jones and bringing that guy in to win four football games a year. <clears throat> All right. So you mentioned Denver. Obviously, they're, they're, they could use an Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then another team that could really use uh, an upgraded quarterback is the Washington football team. They are starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's 37. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, because I think Aaron Rodgers is 37 as well. Uh, but, but uh, you know, that's the starter they're going with. They they probably uh, are going to count on him to carry him them through the season. So what do you think about the Washington football team going with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the season? Well, there's not really too many other choices out there, and I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers has a no-trade clause or not, but I don't see him wanting to necessarily shift to Washington, but he's not with Washington football team right now. And, you know, the pickings in the free agency market on quarterback are, are, pretty, um, are pretty short. 
And that's why these backup quarterbacks are getting locked up to contracts. You know, people like Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, you know, they'll get locked up while, while they still get their chances. Ryan Tannehill, you know, all those quarterbacks that are good, not great, but you, you need something. And, and that's just what it com- kind of comes down to. You get handcuffed by the people you're already with. So yeah, I guess their plan would be maybe to draft someone next year or maybe there is somebody available in free agency that they like. It seems sort of unlikely to me, and I'm kind of shocked they didn't get, grab a quarterback early, uh, trade up, and, and get one of those guys. But I guess they have a plan. Now, speaking of the Washington football team, there are some names. They haven't decided that they're sticking with the name football team. Uh, so there are some names that the uh, fans, I guess, are going to vote on at some point, or maybe they've already started. Uh, I'm going to go through uh, them in alphabetical order. You tell me letter by letter if you like any of them. If you don't like any of them, that's fine. All right, here are the A names for the Washington football team. Aces, Ambassadors, no. No. Anchors. Now, we love Anchor.fm, but I don't think that's a good football team mascot. Yeah, I, I don't Something see that, that being a mascot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Archers. No. Armada. Wow, this is a long list. <laughs> this is just the A's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll skip around to some that are a little bit more plausible. Um, so there are names like the Monarchs, the Razorbacks, the Red Wolves, the Red Tails. Um, there is the Warriors, uh, the Wild Hogs. One of the options is just to stick with football team. Uh, you hear anything you like on there? I mean, the Wild Hogs make sense, doesn't it? Right. Because they've they've always kind of been, you know, they've got that fan base that dresses up like women in pigs' dresses. And, right. You know, I, I don't really understand that tradition, but to each is their own. Um, but, you know, I think the um, Red Tails makes a lot of sense to a little bit of historical significance to it. Yeah. And I think that would be a great name for them as well. Yeah, I think that's the right choice, but I don't know if that's the, the, the way their fans are going to vote. I feel like if their diehard fans are voting, they're going to end up with the Wild Hogs. Uh, <laughs> now, we'll now they... did, you, um, did you hear that cough from me just now? A little bit, yeah. Okay, well we did well I'm trying to see if my microphone feature of being able to edit my coughs out works by turning the microphone off. But I guess we'll find out for another episode. Yeah, we I'll, I'll uh, get my editor on that and see what uh, what he thinks. Um all right, so uh last thing um in this segment that I want to talk about at least uh players that are in contract years. There's not a ton of them. You just mentioned that um we, you know, we had a lot of guys locked up, locked down, or whatever you want to say. Dalvin Cook and Allen Robinson, to me, those are the two big ones. Um, Dalvin Cook will will be um, off his rookie deal. They'll probably give him that one year extension um, that they're allowed to do. Um, and then Allen Robinson, also uh, a free agent after this year, um, they franchise tagged him, um, but he could go uh, after this year. And then. I'm staying on offense basically because uh, we talk fantasy football a lot on this podcast during the year. Um, and Baker Mayfield is not a free agent after this year, but after next year he will be a free agent in Cleveland. So um, I, it's kind of a 
you know, this is this year and next year kind of the test for Baker Mayfield. Also, Jalen Ramsey. There's a few defensive guys that are, you know, their contracts are expiring or they're on one-year deals. But what do you think? Dalvin Cook and Allen Robinson, you think they're going to stay with their teams? Uh, you know, they're, they're going to do what the <coughs> is right for them. I think Minnesota's got more to gain by trying to keep Dalvin Cook long-term. Um, I think he's going to be a great player overall and, you know, long-term he is definitely the guy you want to keep with Allen Robinson. Uh, he, you know, he's, you know, done so far so good. I, I don't think he's, um, proved to be the best he could, you know, he's going to struggle. Maybe he can grow, grow a little bit with, um, the new offense that's incoming, but I, I think Dalvin Cook is the better bet there. All right. So, anything else before we move on to looking at um, the season, the season, the schedule for twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two? So, you did mention Baker Mayfield for just a minute. He's um, another one of those quarterbacks that you know is going to have the Browns handcuffed because it's either going to be you know behind door number one. Or what's behind the mystery box of this quarterback that has been a journeyman, a Ryan Fitzpatrick-type quarterback, or Ryan Fitzpatrick himself next year? Wouldn't that be something if he goes back to the Browns? Um, but either way, um, I think, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to probably stay in Cleveland long-term. Um, he may not get that huge, huge deal that, Patrick Mahomes got, but I see him being a $35, $40 million a year guy and and being in Cleveland for the next five, six years. All right, so we'll take a break, and we will come back right after this with um, the schedule for this season. We're going to look at some highlights, uh, you know, what games we think uh, stand out to us each week. So we'll be right back after this. All right, so this season will go 18 weeks with 17 games. Um, what do you think of uh, the change to uh, 17 games? You know, everybody loves more football. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. You know, we, we talk about safety and make the game safer for players, and this is by no means a safer a safer alternative. The players know it. The owners know it. Everybody knows it. But at the same time, they all know that a little bit of revenue sharing is going to go up and everybody's going to get a piece of that pie. So at the end of the day, they all seem to be okay with it. So um, that's a, an adjustment for fantasy football as well. Um, so the, the season will go presumably one season, one game longer, and then uh, the playoffs will start. Um, so I, I do have a couple of thoughts about week 18 itself, but I will, um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to our week 18 uh, talk here at the end of this list. Can All right. So we have the Packers who are scheduled for uh, week two Monday night football and a total of three Sunday night footballs in week uh, three, 14 and 17. Um, they had to make this decision, I guess, after Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, said he didn't want to play for the Packers anymore, they had 13 days to change the schedule, and they stuck with it. So uh, I guess that means they think 
it's a pretty good chance he's going to be there or else, you know, the team will be kind of a train wreck uh, to watch. But I just wanted to get that out there. And then the buys are starting in week six, so it's a little bit of a switch in that department for fantasy as well. All right, so let's get to week one. So what we'll do is we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Um, you can end up with uh, your picks for the week and then start with week two uh, after that. So I'm going to start Arizona at Tennessee. This is uh, going to be a fantastic game. Um, we know Tennessee is upgraded a little bit with Julio Jones. Uh, they're already a good team. Arizona, of course, also a very good uh, offensive team. Um you know, almost made the playoffs, but not quite. Um, but I think that's going to be a great game, Arizona at Tennessee. And I really like Cleveland at Kansas City, of course, the matchup from the playoffs last year. Um, Cleveland at, at KC. And then the last one, week one, Green Bay at New Orleans. A lot of uncertainty on both sides, really, because New Orleans, um, we don't exactly know what their quarterback uh, situation is going to be so uh, what are your week one games so I only have I'm very stingy on my list of games that are going to be must watches and again this is kind of along your boat of you know some of these games are dependent upon Aaron Rodgers being a star of it and then as I made this list I kind of looked around it and there's a couple of the teams that are on it quite a few times and there's a yeah. lot of teams that aren't on it at all. Yes. But for yep. week one, I think Green Bay, New Orleans is the only um, – is like the must-watch game of the week. I think what, that, you know, could even have an early early implication of a playoff seating that, you know, in week one that could derail, you know, a home or away game in the playoffs, you know, 18 weeks later. So I may be behind on this, but does New Orleans announce like what they're going to do, or I mean, they're keeping it under wraps? Are they still going to do that hybrid kind of Taysom Hill as a quarterback? But if we need a long pass, we might put Jamison for a couple plays. I, I mean, is that what they're going with? You know, I think they're keeping it pretty much under wraps. Um, I, I think it's going to be a shocker to everybody on Week One when when this when this goes live. Okay. All right, so you go ahead with your week two game. So week two, I only have I have two games that I think are going to be must watch. Um, the Los Angeles Rams are going to travel to Indianapolis and play an early one o'clock game early in the season. Maybe that'll have a little effect on the game. And KC Baltimore, which has been prom- promised to be a couple good games over the past few seasons, uh, both of those games are must watch for me in week two. All right, I had Tennessee and Seattle. I, I'm really thinking the Tennessee team is going to be fun to watch, and Seattle probably going to get back to uh, Russell Wilson uh, cooking, or as they said, um, as opposed to how they finished the year. And then I also singled out Buffalo at Miami. Now, you told me that you weren't going to go with these uh, division matchups too much, but um, that's going to be a, a big test to see uh, where Miami is, especially. We know what Buffalo can do, but, you know, if Miami it can it has gelled a little bit um, this offseason. So uh, I'll go ahead and get into week three. So uh, the big one for me in week three is Green Bay at San Francisco. What do you have for week three? Yeah, of course I have that one circled on my schedule. <clears throat> There's just – it seems to be like a long-running rivalry in between Green yep. Bay and San Francisco and Aaron Rodgers 
if he is playing, he's always got a chip on his shoulder. You know, mm-hmm. he still spites San Francisco for not drafting him. Right. Um, I, I think San Francisco has done pretty well against Green Bay over the past couple of seasons. But, you, you know, anything can happen. You know, Green Bay has historically over the past few years also not done well on the West Coast. Um other than that, I also have um, Tampa Bay and the Rams being a a must-watch matchup of the week. Again, this is something, you know, an early game early in the season that can have a lot of long-lasting effects on the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, so I, I, I have the next week, uh, Tampa Bay at New England for the Brady v. Belichick Bowl, uh, and that is a Sunday night <coughs> football game in week four. Uh, what did you have for week four? So that is the only game I have for week four, and that's kind of where we see that. And I think the NFL almost did that on purpose. Yeah, I think they did. Um, You know, you were mentioning there are some teams that didn't make your list at all and some teams that are on it multiple times. The teams that didn't make it for me were just sort of uncertain quarterback situations. Mostly, um, you know, just I don't know what this team is going to look like, so I don't know if they're going to be any fun to watch. Um, but, you know, it, there's always a team that surprises you, and there's always a team that disappoints, at least one. So uh, I, for week five, I have Buffalo at Kansas City, that AFC Championship rematch, and and then I have uh, Indianapolis at Baltimore. I'm really, really interested to see if Indianapolis is any good with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I have um, I have uh, Buffalo and Kansas City as well. Um, I debated with myself if you know Indy was going to be the game of the week that week. Uh, I don't think they are. I think this Buffalo Kansas City game is going to be the the must watch one of the must watch games of the season. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, then moving on to week six, uh, I have Arizona at Cleveland. That was my pick for week six. What do you got? Wow, that's uh that's uh digging into the bag of tricks there. Um the only the only one I see is the Monday night football game again. Buffalo travels to Tennessee. I think this could be a a possible AFC championship preview game. Maybe, maybe not. This could definitely have um playoff seating implications. I think Tennessee is gonna be ready to play that football game and will that's the game of the week. Yeah, I, I probably would have picked that one, but I felt like I was picking Tennessee every single week, and there's no way they're going to be that uh, good that they're going to be uh, good every single week. But, yeah, so uh, the next week, the Monday Night Football game in Week 7 is uh, the Saints at the Seahawks. So I expect that one to be a good one, uh, assuming that the Saints know what they're doing at quarterback, because um, I picked them a lot for this, and if they don't have the quarterback, things that's quite figured out it's not going to be very good but what do you got for week seven so i again i'm going back to the old indie train they're traveling in san francisco um you're a big you're a big buyer on seattle football games this year and i'm i'm not uh but i see indie san francisco is the game of the week um, week eight, however, I struggled to find a game that I'm going to just absolutely have to watch other than, of course, my favorite team that I'll root for. Uh, well, week eight is uh, Halloween, if I'm not mistaken, and I think that has some big significance for you. 
So um, I'm not. You know, I didn't even realize that when I was looking at the list, but I, I that might make my wife happy that I just said that. <laughs> that is officially on the record. The only game that I I saw was Tampa Bay is playing at New Orleans, so that's usually a, a good rivalry, no matter how good the teams are. So Tampa Bay at New Orleans is the probably the only one I could think of for that week. For week nine, I went with Green Bay at Kansas City. Absolutely. You know, that's a no-brainer. That's going to be a, a ratings juggernaut. And to the victor go the spoil. Yeah. Uh, that could have been the uh, the Super Bowl, if not for um, a very strange decision at the end of the NFC Championship game. All right. So, uh, Week 10, uh, I, have, I have a couple of them. I'm going to go with the Rams at the 49ers, though. Yeah, so I don't really have any for Week 10, but again, I, in the spirit of how I made this list, division rivals are always going to be humongous games. So I kind of just omitted them because I could find one every week that would matter. Yeah. New Orleans is also playing at Tennessee in Week 10, so that could be a good game as well. Uh, you want to go ahead with Week 11? Yeah, so Week 11, I got Indy Buffalo. I think that's going to be a um, a pretty significant game. Um, you know, t- Indy, Tennessee, Buffalo, these teams are going to be, you know, they're, they're all going to be contenders in the AFC this year. They're starting to step up and represent. And I think anytime they're on, it's going to be good TV to watch. Yeah, I had Indy at Buffalo circled as well. I had Dallas at Kansas City for some reason also. I I don't know if uh, Dallas was looking pretty good uh, offensively, at least for the first few weeks uh, when they had Dak Prescott. So if he's healthy, uh, I think Dallas could give Kansas City a run for their money uh, any given Sunday. So, uh, all right, then week 12, um, Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. This is why I haven't been picking the Colts very much before this because uh, I like the Colts here. Tampa Bay at Indy, that should be a good game. Yeah, I agree with you. It is a circle on my list, and I, that's the only one for week 12 for me. Yeah, and I really hope that Indy uh, is good with Carson Wentz. Like, I, I want them to be a good team. Uh, they they have all the, the, the uh, stuff around them in the offensive line. The defense is good. They've got weapons. Um, they, they should be good. All right, so week 13 is – this is the one I circled. Uh, maybe I missed something, or maybe I just didn't want to repeat myself too much, but I have the Chargers at the Bengals. Um, so – <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, Cincinnati should be much improved. Um, See, you know, if our editor was paying attention, he would have just hit the cricket sound effect. <laughs> well, I'll have to get to get with him later. Yeah. <coughs> so what? We're on week thirteen, right? Yes, week thirteen. Yeah. So there, there are very many games week thirteen. That caught my eye outside of division rivals, <laughs> so maybe maybe that'll be another week that'll I'll be able to take the wife out to something nice. <laughs> I picked the Chargers Bengals because I thought there's there's no way that's not an interesting game. It might not be you know playoff contenders or something, but um, that's got to be a fun game. It seems like they're going to throw it around a lot. And then week fourteen, I have Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, they're both going to be exciting teams this year, and they're playing against each other in week 14, and I can't wait to see it. So week 15, um, 
I went with Kansas City at the Chargers. Yeah, I I'm not gonna agree with you on that one. Um, I'm going Green Bay Baltimore is my game of the week. I think that's gonna be a um, a slugfest, and it could be a scoring shootout in um, Baltimore in Week 15. See, and I I'm kind of not sure about Baltimore. I just I feel like maybe they that the league has figured out Lamar a little bit, and if he doesn't significantly grow as a passer, I don't know how much um, that team is going to be good, but uh, we'll see. And then uh, week 16, I have San Francisco at Tennessee. I think we both agree both these teams are going to be good this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's uh, I can't wait to watch that game either. Um, you know, any time you get to have some of the new upcoming teams in the NFL, it's always a good watch, and that'll be a good one as well. So in week 17, I'm going to let you go first here, but in week 17 we'll have like significant uh, playoff uh, implications, um, and I couldn't really find a great game that week. Maybe I missed something. Um, are you being a wise wise guy or I... <laughs> go ahead with the pick? What what'd you pick for the game in week seventeen? You know, I don't know because I can't read my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Rams and whoever they're playing. I don't have it in front of me, but um let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Yeah. The Sift Podcast, just unscripted, un Yeah, unedited. you never know what you really never know what's gonna happen. Um I I I'll be honest with you, this was this was this is going to sound bad. I have Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Okay. That's uh that's an interesting and one. Only because I'm thinking, you know, this division's probably going to be pretty wide open. So there could be a division title on the line with Cleveland playing Pittsburgh um, in Week 17. Hmm. All right. And then I uh, go ahead. And then Week uh, Week 18. Um, what did you pick for Week 18? So, again, in the spirit of not picking any division games because they are all equally important, Week 18 is only division uh, division foes. And as I'm looking down the list, you know, it's almost that I don't think Week 18 is going to matter as much as the NFL is going to want to matter this year. Um, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos. You know, odds are the Broncos aren't going to be where the Chiefs are at at this point. The Seahawks and Cardinals are playing each other, and the Rams and the 49ers are playing each other. So, you know, the Rams 49ers could be implication on the division winner, but the Chargers and the Raiders are playing. That's a non-significant game. At the, you know, projecting at this point, the Bears and the Vikings, the Patriots and the Dolphins. So it's just the Dolphins should be playing the Bills. That would be a significant. So I don't see any significant games that are going to be game-changing for division lead. Yeah, I picked uh, San Francisco and the Rams. That could really have a division winner, uh, you know, like you said. But um, that's their se- obviously the second matchups and the last week of the season. Um, so that you know that could matter. You know, the, the team that lost earlier in the season might really be looking for a win there. Um, going back to week seventeen, 
Uh, the Rams are playing Baltimore. So in week 17, I think that was yes, correct. For. Yes, that's uh, absolutely what I was going for. Here are other games that week. Atlanta plays Buffalo. Uh, the Giants play Chicago. Kansas City is at Cincinnati. <laughs> Arizona is at Dallas. Miami is at Tennessee. If Miami significantly better, that could be a really watchable game. Uh, Las Vegas at Indianapolis. I really don't know what's happening with Jacksonville or New England at quarterback, but those two teams are playing. And then Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, Division rivalry, but not much else. And then Tampa Bay is playing the Jets. The, the Eagles are playing the football team. Denver is playing the Chargers. Houston, uh, I, I'm a little uncertain as to what's ha- happening there as well, is playing uh, San Francisco. Detroit is playing Seattle. And then um, we have the Minnesota Green Bay game, uh, which is the night game that week. Um that one could be pretty good potentially, but um, it's probably the Rams, uh, the Rams and the Ravens, uh, like you said. All right. Uh, anything else um, on the season schedule? No, but I do have another SIF surprise. I figured. Yeah, you figured. Of course. There's always a SIF surprise. So there was a website that I do not remember. But they had a list of untouchable records in the NFL. And I am going to talk a couple of these records at the moment and then kind of just show how far ahead some of these people are in receiving yards, passing yards. So one of the untouchable records, and I think is going to be broken this season right here, is the most consecutive games with the pick six, Matt Schaub with four by the Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans have the capability of breaking their own record by throwing throwing five straight pick sixes in five straight games. What do you say? I think that's possible, but uh, also if Jameis Winston is uh, playing significant time in New Orleans, we could see some pick sixes there too. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know who the quarterback is. I don't know what the Deshaun Watson situation is. Um, I don't know what who their other quarterbacks are, so I don't know what's going on with that. I, I tried to stay away from Houston as much as possible because I just there's, there doesn't seem, doesn't seem to be a lot of talent there. Um, at the moment, yeah. So that, and the Lions are the other ones of the possibilities of setting this record with Jared Goff and just the terrible Lions team that they are. The, the second significant record that I can see being beaten, maybe one day, maybe this year, maybe soon, is touchdown passes in a quarter. What do you think the record is? Four. Five. Hmm. It seems significant that there's a certain quarterback that plays in the NFL right now that could possibly break that record. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I could see it happening. Um, I could certainly see uh, Mahomes doing that um, at some point in his career and maybe even this season. Absolutely. I think that is another one that is going to happen. A record that would never be beaten is – Jerry Rice's 22,895 yards. 
So with that being said, there are two quarterbacks or two wide receivers that are even close to him, and they need to average thousands of yards a season. However, DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones both collectively have 60 touchdowns apiece. Jerry Rice has 197. DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones would have to play for another 175 games and score a touchdown in each of them just to catch up to or I'm sorry, another 75 games and score a touchdown in each one of them, plus some, just to catch up to Jerry Rice. Yeah, I don't think that touchdown record is going to get touched. The passing yards record. Obviously, this season, Tom Brady is going to pass Drew Brees, barring a catastrophe that nobody would ever want to see. Um, and he is going to possibly pass it in week four against the Patriots again. That's the NFL's brilliant scheduling and making bygones be bygones and just like it's happy little accidents, to quote Bob Ross. That it's just, oh, this happy little accident that this record was broken when he plays his former team. But anyways, Matt Ryan is currently 30,000 and change passing yards behind behind Drew Brees' current record. He would have to play another 205 games at 300 yards just to catch up. I don't see that happening. Aaron Rodgers would have to, has played 197 games and would have to average 323 yards for the next 100 games in order to catch up. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers plays another 100 games. Absolutely. That's kind of the point I was trying to get the sifters to. Thank you for clarifying that, <laughs> sir. So the, it's amazing these records that are being set and some that will possibly never be broken. Yeah, absolutely. The the the, um, the touchdown records, uh, quarterback uh, touchdown records are, um, you know, that was going back and forth for a while there. I remember when we were watching people try to catch up to Favre uh, a few years back. All right. So with that said, is there anything we haven't touched on um, in this? Uh, there is no off season episode of the Sift Podcast. You know, I um, I have one more SIF surprise as we um, close out the show, and I want to help set up a premise for a show that I want to put we I want to put together. It's going to take a little bit of research, and with the collective mind of the professor and the mayor, uh, we are going to determine who the greatest dynasty of the past. S- in the entire NFL has ever been. I think we can set up some criteria and look at it from objective point of view and basically do it like a tally system and add up the numbers and see who the true winner, who the best dynasty truly was. Yeah, we can put something like that together. Uh, We can put together the criteria and then, um, you know, start looking at the statistics like you were saying. Um, So yeah, absolutely. That can be an upcoming show. Uh, when that will be, I don't know, but uh, we will do this sometime this summer um, before the uh, preseason starts and we start. Uh, well, I don't know. When is uh, when when are we going to start uh, breaking down the divisions and all that? Well, are we going to do a week at a time like we did previously? Yeah. So we would do it uh, <laughs> once a week. So, we so we're talking. So, yeah, we're talking. Uh, 12 months out or 12 weeks out 
12 weeks. So um, that would be. I'm sorry, September that's not 10th. correct. That's not correct either. There's 16 divisions. There's eight divisions, eight weeks out. Yeah. So we'd yeah. have to. Yeah. So we'd have to start. Uh, so the kickoff is the, the 10th or something like that. The 8th, 9th, 7th. I don't know. Yeah, so sometime in the in the middle of July, we'll be kicking up the uh, Sift podcast. That's right. So it'll be probably be about yeah, the middle of July. We'll do. We'll start breaking down divisions and talking about fantasy football and things like that. Uh, but until then, I'm going to say goodbye. And uh, Mayor, you have any closing words? Sayonara. season schedule we'll have at least one uh, more podcast uh, for the Sith football podcast before uh, we start digging into what we think the predictions will be for divisions and fantasy football and all that so i hope you enjoyed and we will see you soon